Hello, and welcome to Public Affairs, broadcast by WRBH right here in New Orleans. We cover all the topics that are relevant to us as a collective here in the city. And we are joined today by Dr. Brandon Sumich. Hi. Hi. And we're actually on a part two of a two-part episode where Dr. Brendan is going to be sort of filling us in on some issues surrounding eye health. So we had another episode about dry eyes, and on this episode, we're going to be getting into cataracts. But I did have some questions. I try and ask uh, every eye doctor who comes in a little bit about themselves. Uh, so you're an ophthalmologist, right? That's correct. So I think the topic of vision, eyes, sight, it's so meaty, symbolic. Was there any reason, uh, you know, why you chose to go into ophthalmology, you know? You could have chosen any sort of uh, specialty. Yes, yes. Well, um, to be truthful, there's a few reasons. Mm -hmm. Number one, when I was a kid, I had terrible eyesight. Mm -hmm. And um, I wrote about this in, like, all of my applications and things like this. But um, I was just very, very nearsighted. And I've heard this story from a lot of other patients. um, But when I was eight years old, I got my first pair of glasses, and I was like plastered to the window in my mom's car. Yeah, just like looking at everything and be like, I can see the leaves. It's and exactly I'm, the My mom said she went home happened. and like bawled her That's, eyes out. Cause she, my mom said the same thing. I didn't know that you could see the individual leaves. Exactly. It was just like a green exactly. blob. Exactly. So that was number one. You know, that kind of, mm-hmm. I've always had to go to the eye doctor, obviously, yeah. when I was little to update my glasses and things like that. Um, number two, I have a family member that's also an ophthalmologist, my oh, cousin. Okay is uh, Lenny Sumich. Is, um, he's about 11, 10 years older than me. Okay. So he's always a couple steps ahead of me, and so I always got to kind of watch him and see what he did. Sure, and um, and most ophthalmologists, not every ophthalmologist, but a lot of ophthalmologists are related to other ophthalmologists. Okay. Um, we don't get a lot of exposure to ophthalmology while we're in med school. Mm-hmm. It's kind of you have to seek it if you want it. Gotcha. And so for that reason, the people that are exposed personally gotcha. through family members tend to have you better have exposure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And then the third thing is I, I did want to be a surgeon. I, I, mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to do something surgical with my um, career. And... Um, to be truthful, I just didn't really like a lot of the other surgical specialties yeah. as I went through them. <laughs> That's a common one, yeah. yeah process and, uh, of elimination. And of. ophthalmology is very um, uh, rewarding. Our patients are very um, thankful, and yeah, it's a you know, huge, we, we like can said, we can make a big difference in a lot of people's lives. Huge quality of life. Yes, issue, yes. You know, your sight. It's, yes, you know. and they, it's very precious to a lot of people. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so people are very appreciative and you know whenever we can help somebody see better you know it, it yeah. makes us feel better That's, it yeah, makes us feel good at night too when you go to bed nothing compares yeah. with sight yeah. so um another issue i think you know uh, the public may sort of have some confusion about uh, i know i was confused about this uh, fairly recently can you explain the difference between an optometrist and an ophthalmologist sure um in general, ophthalmologists are medical doctors. They go to medical school, just like your cardiologist and your, you know, pulmonologist and your mm-hmm. orthopedic surgeon. Um, we are basically eye surgeons. Um, ophthalmology is a surgical subspecialty, and so we specialize in um, surgery of the eyes and then medical diagnoses of the eyes. Okay. Um, an optometrist is an optometric doctor. They do not go to medical school. Okay. They go to optometry school, and essentially, they're um, they're they're diagnosing and treating people with glasses and contact lenses. Okay. So, and they'll they can do you know full eye exams. They can they can diagnose issues with the eyes. But if if a patient in general needs surgery to fix something, they will send them to an ophthalmologist. Okay, gotcha. And we work in conjunction with them a lot. A lot of 
um, a lot of eye practices have both optometrists and ophthalmologists working, staff. you know, okay. side by side. Um, but that's essentially the, the major differences between the two. Okay, great. Great to know. Finally filled in on that one. All right, so we're going to be talking about cataracts today. Um, I don't have any stats handy, but I know this is something that's going to eventually affect almost pretty much everyone, right? Yes. So cataracts are extremely common. Mm-hmm. Age is the number one risk factor. If we, I tell every patient this, if, or not all patients, but all cataract patients this, but if we, if we all live to be 100, essentially really every <laughs> single one of us will get a cataract. So this wow. is a very universal disease or, or issue with eyes. Um, it's just some of us need to deal with it sooner than, than others. Okay. So. Um, so why don't you take us through just sort of what a cataract is. I know sure. it's like a, a kind of a cloudy lens, right? Yes, yeah. So this is very... Um, it's a very common conversation I have in my, my oh, clinic. <laughs> um, a lot of people get sent to me for cataract surgery, and the first thing I ask them is, do you know what a cataract is? And almost always they either don't know <laughs> or they say something that's not right. Yeah. Um, and so I just try to educate everyone a little bit just to say, okay, this is the whole reason you're here, and this mm-hmm. is how we're going to fix it. Okay. So in general, a cataract is any clouding or opacity on the inside of the lens in the eye. Um, if you look at our eye, um, if you think about the eye like a camera, mm-hmm. um, there is a, a lens right behind our pupil inside the eye, okay. and that lens is a bit, like uh, disc-shaped, okay? okay, and it helps focus the light on the retina in the back of the eye, which is like the film okay. of the camera. Okay. So it's essentially like the, the um, lens of a camera. Okay. And as we age, that lens that used to be nice and crystal clear when we were young starts to um, develop some... Uh, cloudiness to it or color change. So mm-hmm. typically the the most common type of cataract, an age-related cataract, mm-hmm. the lens will turn from a white or a clear color to a yellowish and they'll kind of turn brown and they can turn white or black if it gets wow. very advanced. There are certain other subtypes of cataracts that are not in general um, color change but they're mm-hmm. literal um, opacities inside the lens. Um, and as that cataract develops, it will not function properly. The lens will not function properly, which is why we end up needing to do surgery to take them okay. out. So, um, And so once you do develop a cataract, um, what are some, you know, how might this affect, you know, your experience of life, like in real time, what are the symptoms you can... Yeah, expect? so a lot of people don't know they have cataracts, mm-hmm. even though they have them. So okay. in general, we tell people that they have cataracts. <laughs> So easy to miss. Um, Yes, Um, or at least in the early stages. And in general, there's two major symptoms that most people will experience. Uh, A a generalized just blurring of their vision. Um, So things that they used to be able to see, they cannot see anymore, even with new glasses. So as the cataract grows, we can sometimes just update the glasses to offset the changes that the cataract is um, causing. And... And if the, as long as those patients can continue to see the things that they want to see, then mm-hmm. then we just treat them with glasses. Um, but things that are the, the the cloudy vision that people will complain about, will they'll say things like, "I used to be able to drive um, to see my grandkids, uh, you know, a couple miles away, mm-hmm. and now I can't see the road signs, or I can't wow. judge the edge of the road, or I can't see the um, I'm having trouble." judging the depth of the car in front of me, or they can't read their book anymore. They have a particular, you know, newspaper that they like to read every morning. Mm -hmm. They say, I'm having difficulty reading my newspaper. Um, So things that you used to be able to see, you can't see anymore. Okay. And then the second major symptom is glare. And this is probably the more common thing that I see Mm -hmm. in my practice is especially driving at nighttime. 
Um, so headlights and streetlights mm -hmm. become very bothersome and they cause a lot of glare. So when um, you're driving down a highway at nighttime, a two-lane highway, and there's a, a car coming at you in the other direction, those headlights become blinding. You cannot see anything. It just washes out everything in your vision. And those patients feel very unsafe driving, and that's why they come in yeah. saying, I need something to help me drive. So are there certain people who are just more susceptible to having glare issues? Because, I mean, I probably don't have cataracts, but night driving, like the sure, glare, sure. glare. Um, I, I would say that in general, um, fair-skinned and fair mm -hmm. complexions um, just like me, and yeah. you can't see me on the radio, <laughs> yeah. but, um, and so people who don't have a lot of pigment in their skin will oh, also not have a lot of pigment in their eye, and so they can be very susceptible to glare, um, and people who've had prior LASIK surgery or things like that can also cause glare and halos at nighttime. Um, okay. Um, and so the cataract is is not like it's not a separate thing. It's, that's right. It's, the, it's your own lens. That's right. But it's just that's right. It's not a, a new growth. Okay. It's something that's changing inside of your eye that already existed. It's okay. just it's just changing. Um, I like to compare it to um, an old headlight in like an older car. How they get okay. that yellowish hue towards yeah. the, uh, the headlights mm -hmm. over time. It's that's kind of what's happening inside so people's eyes. Yeah. Um, and so how how would you diagnose, diagnose this? <sighs> well, I mean, obviously symptoms are a big part of it, mm -hmm. but a, a full eye exam will. Will so, okay. show it. You cannot see a cataract in your okay, eye. That's so, what I was, you know, patients can't go into the mirror and look in their yeah. eye and see if there's a yellow hue or something yeah. like that. In general, no, that's that. If you had a very advanced cataract, like mm -hmm. we've all probably seen a, a, an elderly dog that has a white pupil, mm -hmm. it's because they have an, a very advanced, mature cataract. Okay. Gotcha. So, it's, it's pretty rare for us to see human patients that yeah. have that. Um, yeah. It does happen, but mm -hmm. um, in general, you need an eye exam to, to okay. diagnose it. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so let's say you are diagnosed. Uh, what is the next stage of the game for you? How do you Right. So kind of like I diagnosis? mentioned earlier, we, we typically will follow these for a long time before people need cataracts. I mean, okay. if, if, we, if we catch them early, we typically will just see people once or twice a year. We will update their classes as needed, okay. maybe make some behavioral changes at home or just knowing that patients or patients just knowing that they have a cataract, they can sometimes try to avoid driving at nighttime if they can and, and things like that. Eventually, those things don't work anymore, and that's okay. when a patient will switch from being a more medically treated patient to a surgical candidate. And okay. then we talk about cataract surgery. So, so if you are diagnosed kind of early, that's when you would start doing things, you know, like wearing protective sunglasses or maybe stopping smoking. Yes. Limiting your night driving, you mentioned. Yes. Um, uh so I noticed with the with the night driving there was you mentioned glare. There's also an issue with halos. I guess that sort of is related to maybe like a the uh headlights there just being a, a light around it. Right. So I see halo come up a lot in these uh Yeah, so a lot of the issues with cataracts is that it scatters light instead of focusing light. Oh, okay. okay. And so you can think and that that's really more the glare issue. Okay. And then the other issue is that they it will defocus light. So if you're trying to look at a point source of light, like a headlight, mm -hmm. it will become defocused. And as it becomes defocused, it will get this literally like a halo effect around the light which leads to just poor clarity of vision. You can't you can't focus okay. on that light because there's all this extra kind of light noise yes, around it. Light noise, I yes. like that. Yeah. Um, and then it mentioned uh, taking care of other health problems, you know, like diabetes or whatnot. Yeah, that. so certain patients will be at higher risk, so diabetics certainly. Um, elevated blood sugars can alter the water content inside the eye, which mm -hmm. can drive cataract formation. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so a lot of diabetics will get earlier cataracts, so mm-hmm. controlling your blood sugars better will okay. also lead to um, better or lower risk for developing a cataract. Um, smokers in a similar um, in a similar way um, with uh, oxidation effects. So the the eye can only kind of filter so much um, kind of like the toxins from okay. cigarette tar and things like that gotcha. out of the out of the body. Um, UV light exposure is a, probably the number one reason we get cataracts. Whoa. So you know the reason age is a risk factor for cataracts is because we've been exposed to UV light all of our lives, and wow. so that is a cumulative effect. So older people are going to be exposed more than younger people, mm-hmm. and the main source of UV light for humans is the sun. Yeah. Um, so, so protecting so your eye from the sun may also help decrease your risk of getting the cataract. So do we see like more cataracts in people who you know are from more tropical climates? Or sure, that? absolutely. Oh, wow. yeah. Interesting. Um, and so I know you mentioned uh, some forms of treatment, but I, I know it can get, you know, the, the treatments can get as diverse as surgery. Uh, so how would, how would we go ahead and treat, you know, cataracts? Maybe you can take us through treatment of maybe an early an early stage cataract that you might catch with the, an exam and then maybe like more of a late stage. Yeah, so an early stage um, cataract will obviously check their glasses and make sure that the glasses are as fine-tuned as possible. So that's, in general, kind of the, the, the most basic way that we treat a cataract. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll ask patients to stop smoking, make sure that they're otherwise healthy and eating a good diet and not diabetic or controlling their blood sugars, um, ask them to wear sunglasses outside or protect their eyes from UV light. Um, and then we, we follow them, um, usually every 6 to 12 months, just to check and make sure that the cataract isn't advancing as uh, too quickly and that we keep the glasses updated. That can go on for months, that can go on for years, that can go on for decades sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then once we get to the later stages of cataracts, there's only really one way to fix them, and that's with cataract surgery. Ooh, um, okay. But we don't like to do surgery on people that don't need it, um, and we like the... We, well, we always look at the risk and benefit ratio, and so we wait until the benefits far outweigh the risks of the gotcha. surgical procedure. Now, obviously, nobody wants to have eye surgery, but <laughs> when they want to see better, it's yeah. sometimes the only way to, to achieve that. Gotcha. Um, and so, you know, surgery is the treatment, ultimate treatment for the later stage cataracts. Okay. Now, I read something online about a, you know, an ophthalmologist in Nepal who, you know, invented some super groundbreaking cataract microsurgery that was, you know, super cheap, super quick. Um, is that being technology being? Well, in general, um, in the United States, we typically will take out a cataract with something called phacal emulsification. Okay, so that's tech- that's the, words, yeah. that, that is the technical <laughs> name yeah. for the, the surgical technique that we use mm-hmm. in the you know, I say in the United States, but in westernized countries like yeah. Europe and Australia and, and, and places like that. So um, so we use an instrument that will essentially uh, liquefy the cataract inside the eye using high-intensity sound waves, which is what wow. phacal emulsification ah. is. And then we remove the cataract from within the eye, and we implant a, a man-made lens implant into the eye. Oh. That's basically what cataract surgery is, at least in the United mm-hmm. States. Um, the machinery required to do that is quite expensive. Okay. And, you know, luckily with our um, economic status in, mm-hmm. in westernized civilization that we can afford a lot of those things. Gotcha. Where places like Nepal and India and other 
you know, more rural, exactly. Mm-hmm. They don't have access to a lot of this technology or they can't yeah. afford it or what it may be. So those doctors have to rely on, quote unquote, kind of like simpler, kind of older techniques. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and so that's why that doctor has developed that technique. Okay, gotcha. um, it's not as feasible in the United States just yeah, because we already have a very, we have a good way to do it and, mm-hmm. and we can afford it. Um, gotcha. But, you know, the, the, the leading cause of blindness in a lot of those countries is cataract. And it's wow. not because, um, and, and the major issue is because access to care is so poor mm-hmm. that they just don't have the doctors, they don't have the facilities, they don't have the, the healthcare network gotcha. that allows those patients to um, get the cataract taken out because cataract surgery gotcha. essentially is a very, you know, in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. a rather um, elegant and um, you know quick and easy fix for a problem that um, should be fixable. Yeah. Um, and so that doctor is trying to just increase their their gotcha. access to care in, gotcha. in rural so, areas. So yeah, we might see some of the uh, not the same issues, but maybe some issues in rural areas, maybe with the amount of healthcare professionals not being as um, you know, not having as much access. Yes. Maybe if you're from a more rural area, yeah. Louisiana. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and um, that is that is you know that that concept still is true in the United everywhere. States. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, you know, people also have better access to transportation and, mm-hmm. and things like that here. Yeah. Whereas if you don't have an ophthalmologist in your city, at least you can get a ride to. A, yeah, a, hopefully yeah. you got a an, a niece or something yes, who's going exactly. to ride you to the doctor. Um, so uh, surgeries, you know, I guess. The uh, the last ditch, you know, last last effort fix. Um, were there any uh, other issues with you know treatment or maybe any other tips to kind of slow you know the formation of your cataracts? So. Um, you know, I think we kind of mentioned some of them already. Uh, protecting your eyes from the sun, mm-hmm. um, controlling your blood sugars, stop smoking, um, try to eat a well balanced diet, but. Even with the best efforts, the cataract will still continue to grow gotcha. at some at some basic rate, and so you know you're still going to probably yeah. need surgery at some point. So, yeah, yes, it's inescapable. Yes, I uh, found some pretty interesting little factoids here about um, apparently a Stanford ophthalmologist uh, researched all the art of uh, Claude Monet, he's a French impressionist, and they came to the conclusion that that his distinct style, you know, which you'll recognize as sort of blurry, uh, was because he had cataracts. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that story as well. I, I don't think I've actually read the actual article, but um, you know, one thing that I think is very notable about cataract surgery mm-hmm. is that the next day, when I see patients in the office for their post-operative care, the number one thing they say is colors. Yeah, that's what they say. I cannot believe the colors: blues, whites, reds. And so you can imagine that if you had cataracts mm-hmm. and you were a painter, how would a, it would affect your yeah. color perception? And so, you know, pot, yeah. and, and blurry vision, right, is, sure. is also a major um, Yeah, they mentioned, um, you know, at the, sort of the beginning of his life, all of his colors were very bright and vivid. Yes. And as the cataracts developed, it was kind of mud, these muddy reds exactly. and uh, browns. Exactly. And he actually did have uh, two surgeries for cataracts in 1923. Um so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, and and maybe and maybe when he was looking at his color palette, mm-hmm. he could not appreciate that he thought he was painting with you know regular red or whatever it might have been. Yeah. But his cataracts were filtering out a lot of the the brightness, and so he was actually picking a muddier color when he thought he was painting with uh, a brighter true. color too. So yeah, they did they did sort of mention that he may have been trying to overcompensate yes. for uh, yep. how um, the colors looked. And then I did sort of 
come across uh, some things where, you know, after the cataract surgery, people would, were so shocked at how much more vivid the colors that they would see. Yeah, like I said, it's the number one thing I hear it, besides the, you know, just how clear things are is the colors. The colors. I mean, blues especially. Blues, people just blown away with, with how blue That's things so interesting. are. Yeah. Um, and then I, I did uh, mention this on our last episode with Dr. Lena, how... Uh, the word cataract is actually derived from uh, the ancient Greek word for blue or green. So who knows how that came into play, yeah, but it <laughs> yeah, yeah. seems relevant. Um, were there any other sort of topics you think that the public should hear about? That we kind of yeah, well, I think, um, you know, people think that cataracts are like a film that grows over the mm-hmm. eye. And so that surgery is just me peeling away a film <laughs> off the fur- surface yeah. of the eye. And if that were the case, it would be much easier (laughs) to do surgery. Um, But what I like to tell my patients is I want you to think about cataract surgery as lens replacement surgery. So this is a conceptual idea. Mm -hmm. When I remove your cataract, I can't just take out the cataract because it's a lens and it's focusing light. It has a function. It's just like the lens of a camera. If I took the lens out of the camera and I didn't replace it, your pictures are going to come out very blurry. So Mm -hmm. we have to put in a man-made lens implant inside of the eye. Um, to replace the function of the lens that I'm removing. So it's lens replacement surgery. A lot of people will come in and say, you know, I heard that my neighbor had surgery and had an implant put in his eye. Do you think I can have that too? And I say, yes, because everybody gets an implant, (laughs) or at least we we, we always try to put a lens implant inside the eye. Sometimes it's not possible for various reasons. But um, in general, we're trying to replace your lens, your native cloudy lens with a new man-made lens implant. And so the lens kind of uh, is like a zoom in, helps you zoom in and zoom out? Um, In general, no. No. They're uh, kind of the the standard way that we do surgery is we put in a, um, what's called a monofocal lens implant. And mono means one, Mm -hmm. and focal means focus, obviously. So it's a single focus lens. Um, That's also how we are able to improve people's dependence on glasses with cataract surgery. So Mm -hmm. if you are very nearsighted and you need very strong glasses, when I when I pre-op a patient, we take measurements of their eyeball, and the measurements will help us figure out what the power of the implant should be that goes inside oh. their eye. So we can put an implant in the eye to offset the power of their eyeglasses. It's almost like putting the glasses yeah. inside of their eye. Ooh. And so not only do these people see colors better, less glare, less halos, um, you know, just improved quality of vision, they also could possibly see better without glasses, better than they've ever wow. seen in their entire lives. Wow. Which is a unique a... opportunity for us <laughs> as ophthalmologists, here. exactly, to not only do we give them just we got rid of their cataract, but now they can see better without glasses than they've ever seen in their entire lives, wow. which is pretty cool. Yeah, imagine. And it's great. T- taking me back to those days when I realized that it, people could see the uh, leaves on trees. Yes, and it's it, like, it very similar. I yeah, can only so. imagine. Um, so are there any... Uh, Maybe resources that I know, uh, you know, suppose, you know, my uncle gets diagnosed and I'm, you know, his caregiver. Were there any maybe online or other resources that you would kind of direct people to that are some high quality resources? Yeah, I mean, there is obviously a lot of information on the Internet. Um, Cataract surgery is also the most commonly performed operation of all medicine in the United States. So, you know, there are more cataract surgeries performed every year in the United States than any other surgery, not just eye surgery, but all other surgeries. So there are a lot of patients out there that have had cataract surgery. Um, 
they're so you probably have a friend or a neighbor or a relative, or mom, okay, dad, yeah. sister, cousin that's probably had cataract surgery. Club, yeah. So you know, I, I like to tell my patients to just ask your friends and neighbors. Maybe they've had surgery. What's the best and, resource? And, okay. And tell it. They can tell them about their experience. And you know, a lot of people are obviously scared of surgery, especially mm-hmm. eye surgery. Um, and even though it's a very safe procedure, we have great success rates. You know, yeah. people are nervous, and that's normal. Yeah, I tell everybody that's it's, it's normal. Yeah. So. Um, but so I think hearing it from another patient to tell them, you know, it, it wasn't that bad. I, I see great. Sense, I'm very yeah. happy with my outcomes. Helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there, the the national organization, the American Academy of Ophthalmology, in my opinion, is probably the, the best, most trusted resource. Okay. Um, they have a wonderful website, a lot of clinical information that is for doctors, but also for patients to look okay. up Um you know, information. They have some great videos on, on the website. There's lots of videos on YouTube and things like that. You might not want to search for yeah. actual video of cataract surgery if you're scared of it. <laughs> sure, you might be shocked sense, at some yeah. of the videos that come up, but um, but they have patient testimonials. They have okay. doctor testimonials. You know, okay. so there's a lot of videos and resources on the internet. But American Academy of Ophthalmology is probably the best one. The best resource. Yes. Okay. Are there any uh, interesting uh, sort of topics? Um, up and coming, you know, as far as cataracts go? Yeah, sure. So there are some new implants that are coming out or being tested or on the market in other countries. It's not in the United States yet. Um, Be ahead of the curve. Yeah, no. (laughs) So uh, when we put the implant in the eye, we're trying to reduce the need for glasses, like I said earlier. Mm -hmm. But sometimes those calculations are not perfect, and they they can't be perfect because of just the limitations of technology. Mm -hmm. So some people will still need to wear glasses to see the best after surgery. Now, for some people, that's fine. But a lot of people are trying to be as glasses independent as possible. Mm -hmm. There's a new implant coming out that's a light-adjustable implant. Mm -hmm. So we put the implant in the eye. We figure out if there's any leftover Refractive error is what we call it, whether okay. you need glasses or not. And you can expose the implant in the eye to a, a special light, hmm. and the light will change the shape of the implant in the patient's eye Whoa. to adjust for the error that was left over from the calculation. Wow, that's so that's one thing that's kind of cool coming out. Yeah. Um, they're thinking about trying to make lenses that we can laser and re- reshape them inside the patient's eye after they're in the Ooh. eye. So. And then ultimately, I think, you know, hopefully medical technology will get to a point where we can reverse the signs of cataracts so or prevent oh, them from okay. occurring, in, in, you know, to, to even to, to begin with. Sure, yeah. So whether that's an eye drop or mm-hmm. that's a medicine or that's, you know, some Sweet. something that you take every day as a as a 20-year-old to prevent you from getting cataracts gotcha. later in life um, is to be seen there. It, there. There is research going on into gotcha. that right now. So, um, or even if it's just a halt the progression of a cataract. So okay. if you start to show signs of one, you just start taking the medicine and it, w- it won't advance so that you won't need surgery later. So, gotcha. that, that's, so those that's, are all that's, on deck. Yeah, that's kind of the horizon thing. Gotcha. But um, yeah, those are probably, uh, you know, what the next steps would be in terms of big leaps in, okay. in the treatments of cataracts. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, I think we've sort of covered anything. Was there anything else you think that we left off? No, I think, the I, public? think I think that was a pretty great overview of, of cataracts. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we touched a little etymology, a little arts integration yeah. there. Um, so once again, guys, that was Dr. Brendan Sumich of the Kaplan Eye Clinic. Uh, and that was our show for today. Thank you for listening to Public Affairs on WRBH 88.3 FM. Be sure to tune in every Monday at 3 p.m. and Sundays at 8 a.m. for more public affairs. 
And don't forget, you can listen at our website, wrbh.org, our SoundCloud archives, or you can stream live from our official WRBH app.